Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Shake Sales. I'm your host, Maggie Bloom, the sales evangelist at MailShake. And today we are talking with Aaron Owens all about RevOps. So Aaron is the head of RevOps strategy at Intelligent Demand, and he's also launching RevOps IQ this quarter, which is a training support and community for go-to-market and RevOps leaders. So Aaron, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I'll give you some time to introduce yourself as well. Yeah, well, thanks, Maggie. I, I'm really stoked to be here and to uh, to nerd out a little bit on RevOps. <laughs> I, I think it's it's a super relevant topic for for your audience. I hope. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, you know, my background. I came from the sales and marketing leadership uh, route. So you know, the way I got into RevOps is I was leading sales teams, leading marketing teams, and uh, we didn't have budget to hire somebody to implement this cool technology that was out there, and so. Uh, I sort of forced myself to learn it and fell in love with it. And so um, I have a real affinity for for yeah. for your audience of sales leaders because that's that's who I is. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have like the full spectrum of everything. So you can see both sides of it. And yeah, I'm ready to nerd out, too, because in all honesty, I've been on teams before that don't have revenue operations people right. as a title. So honestly, I'm here to learn a ton today, too, and to start with it being very, very broad <laughs> in your, <laughs> and we'll dive deeper, of course, but sure, sure. in your own words, you know, what is revenue operations and, and why do we need it? Yeah. Great question, Maggie. So, you know, the way I like to describe it is revenue operations is the connective tissue of your revenue engine. So it's the people, the processes, the technology, the data that exists between you know, uh, all along your entire end-to-end -end customer experience. So mm -hmm. um, it, it is it is a discipline and an operating model that is focused on creating really cohesive experiences for clients mm -hmm. from the first ad that they see all the way to, you know, their third renewal contract, you yeah. know, three years from now. And it's tying all that together across marketing, sales, customer success, so that your clients have a cohesive experience, but also so your revenue teams, your marketers, your SDRs, your salespeople, your your CSMs, mm -hmm. they all um, are supported and, uh, you know, aren't facing a bunch of friction and uh, things like that that hold them back from being able to meet quota, being able to serve clients, things like that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So if I, one thing that I thought of, like when you were saying that is, Revenue operations is really supporting, you know, that whole realm, like you said, of that whole client journey with, you know, all the right. way from if they see an ad all the way up to renewal, but you're also supporting that team that specifically t talks customer facing, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, yeah everyone in those roles is really who yeah. you're supporting at the end of the day um, is the way I like to think of it. Am I right for thinking that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's a really great way to think about it is we are really enabling the front line of your company to be able to uh, to provide that cohesive end-to-end mm -hmm. -end customer experience, and um, you know, it, it really is the people that that deliver that experience. You know, once they get handed off to the first SDR, they're constantly interacting with people, and so it's setting those people up to have efficiency in their processes, to be able to speak consistently, to be able to have clean handoffs from one team to the next, et cetera. 
Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, one of the questions was the why, but I think you explained it perfectly. I mean, it makes sense when you're talking about it. It's like, of course, <laughs> we need something like that in place. Otherwise, people aren't going to feel supported. We're not going to be able to show up for our customers the way that we should be or potential clients the way that we should be, too. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, too, to look at is, you know, and, and this becomes really relevant as we you know, move into more economic uncertainty, you know, mm -hmm. companies are looking at how do we reduce our budgets? Essentially, how do we do less or how do we do more with less? And so we're looking at things like sales efficiency. Uh, we're looking at things like, um, you know, increasing net revenue retention without um, having to increase marketing budgets. You know, how mm -hmm. do we target better? So those are all questions that, uh, that a RevOps discipline, a RevOps approach, mm -hmm. which means that it's supported by data, it's supported by technology, but it's really all focused on uh, on strategy. Um, it's a way that we can you know, we can answer questions like that, like what are the levers that you have um, to to increase sales efficiency the most when you need to? How do you dial in your your targeting so that your that the leads that you're bringing in are more qualified because you're marketing budget just was cut by 25% or something like that. Mm. Got it. So getting in there in the nitty gritty of that, especially, you know, with times like in the, in the past almost three years now where there's been a lot of uncertainty, yeah. um, you know, just with the economy. So yeah. What have you seen or, or how have you seen RevOps help companies during those times? Yeah, it's a really great question. So, you know, like I said, it, you know, RevOps is focused on, making your entire revenue engine more efficient. Mm -hmm. And, you know, efficiency is critical when you're being asked to do more with less. And so uh, when when your board or your investors come to you and say, okay, we need to reduce our burn rate and, you know, we, we need to cut marketing ad budgets by 25% mm -hmm. and you need to get rid of, you know, you need to cut your, your, your MarTech budget by, uh, by 30%. And so then it, it, it really is a question of, well, what dollars do we cut, you know, or mm. um, what programs do we cut? What platforms do we cut? And one way to do that is really by looking at, and this is, this is what RevOps can help is um, by bringing in data to be able to say, okay, we've been marketing to this huge, large audience. Yeah. Uh, if we were to take a more account-based approach, for instance, uh, what would our target account list look mm -hmm. like? You know, what are the, you know, who are the 100 accounts that if we could focus all of our marketing on those 100 accounts and we could close 12 of them over the next year, that mm -hmm. that would allow us to meet our, uh, to meet our goals, you know, versus marketing to 10,000 accounts and trying to close 50 of them. Mm -hmm. And so those are the kinds of things that RevOps can help, help do, you know, bringing in, that that data, that third party data. There's some tools out there. There's data providers that help you to build those uh, build those lists to dial in your targeting. Um, but that's a that's a huge way that RevOps can help. Uh, the other way that we can help is by just decreasing the the friction that exists between teams. So oh, yeah. uh, oftentimes, <laughs> you know, you, we've all been there where you know marketing generates 50 marketing qualified leads and we throw them mm. over the fence and you know, the SDRs either ignore them because they're <laughs> used to them being junk or, um, or maybe they, uh, they reach out to them, but they aren't really sure what the context is. And that outreach feels really disjointed to the, mm -hmm. to the prospect because, well, 
you know, you're asking me about this thing, but what I downloaded was a white paper about this. And there's no, there's no cohesion there mm. to really make sure that that handoff is clean and, and seamless to that, to the prospect, which means you're going to have more lead leakage. So, you know, if you hand over those 50 leads, maybe five of them convert to a, a, a sales accepted lead. Uh, well, what if you could, what if you could double that by, by just having better cohesion between your marketing, your SDR team. And right there, if you double the number of qualified leads that, that are being processed by sales and handed off to sales, uh, in theory, you could double your, your pipeline, double your revenue if everything else stays consistent. So it's just looking for mm -hmm. those, for those points of friction and leakage and, and, and thinking about how we can use data, um, and improving our process to make that more efficient and smoother and, and a better ride for the employees as well as the prospect. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm thinking about it so much of just like our, our day to day and I'm more on the sales side of everything, but like how revenue operations can help with tying all of those knots together. Like that's not a good way to put it, but like connecting all those dots of, you know, for example, like, you know, there's always, just like you said, the way that marketing gets leads and sometimes they're passed to SDRs and SDRs have this kind of like, uh, these aren't going to be good leads anyways, but then there's like our favorite, our favorite like ICPs as sales reps of like, I really want to close this customer because, you know, I have a quota and I want to make commission off of a customer like this. And these are the customers I typically get. But yeah. then you can always take it to like later on with a customer success rep, like even though a sales rep might be good at closing a certain type of ICP or that might make us money in the beginning, like how likely are they to, you know, be retaining customers? Right. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's so interesting the way that you put it is like, you know, and it's not like teams, I mean, there's always those teams that don't talk to each other. I mean, right. it's kind of crazy in today's age that like <laughs> sales and marketing aren't talking to each other, but you hear it happen. Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. like beyond that, as far as like, okay, even though we can have cohesion through all three of these teams, like, how are we all strategically working together? And I, mm. I see that's where RevOps is kind of like, you know, filling that gap in there for them. Yeah. I, I like the way you said that. That's spot on. <laughs> yeah. But, and hey, you're teaching me a lot here. Cause again, I walked in this conversation with that broad question because I really am here to learn and. <laughs> Um, yeah, cause I've been on some teams that, that maybe don't, don't have RevOps, um, or haven't, but what would you say, you know, for those teams that are in a growth stage or a growth stage company, what are the right. first GTM or RevOps levers, um, that they should focus on and why? That's really great. Really great question. So if we are assuming that a company already knows that they have product market fit mm -hmm. and, you know, that that's a big hurdle to get over. So uh, that's a big assumption to make. But if we're assuming that that they're past that hurdle, then there are a couple of levers, both on the go-to-market side and the RevOps side, that I think every company should be focusing on, uh, especially right now as we we go through a period of some economic uncertainty. Who knows if there's a recession coming or not? Mm -hmm. But uh, certainly, spending priorities have shifted and budgets are tighter, and and so we need to yeah. respond to that, regardless of what happens at the macro level. But um, so the two things, one, I would say, uh, making sure really dialing in your ability to, um, your ability to, to target. So really understanding mm -hmm. who your, who your targets are, um, and, and not just from, you know, not, not, not just from a demographic perspective saying, well, I want to go after people who have this title, but really understanding, um, uh, your, your your account firmographics uh, mm -hmm. for probably a lot of 
your clients and you know any SaaS companies out there understanding client technographics. So what technology do mm-hmm. they have installed? Um, do they have your competitors installed, for instance? Do they have supplementary technology installed that you partner with? Do they have other technology that would indicate that they invest in the kinds of things that, that you are solving for? But yeah. then the third layer is one that is a little bit a little bit newer and a little bit harder to get at. And that's something that um, there's a company out there called Rev. Um, and they, uh, they, uh, yeah, they're found at get rev AI, um, but okay. they have introduced something called exographics. And so they're, they're a data vendor. What they do is they take thousands of data signals and they try to, um, assimilate those down into these essentially think of it as like psychographics in the B2C mm-hmm. world. It, it's yeah. that in the B2B world. So cool. for instance, is a company, you know, does a company tend to be an early adopter of new technology? Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't you love to know that if you were Sweet, uh, yeah. selling new technology? Like, who are <laughs> the companies out there of my thousand targets? Who are the one hundred that tend to buy stuff sooner than than others? I mean, that's incredibly valuable information to have. So, mm-hmm. so really thinking about your targeting, getting smart about your targeting, moving from the big t- total addressable markets of tens of thousands of companies, and really dialing that down into a target account list that's tiered and segmented. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I would uh, advise more on the RevOps side of, of the equation is thinking about personalization. So how do you create personalized experiences? Once you, once you dial down your mm-hmm. targeting, how do you personalize your experiences for for industries, potentially for some of those those key named accounts. How do you create personalized experiences for those accounts? How do you create mm-hmm. personalized experiences for different personas within those accounts? And then all the way down to creating personalized experiences for the actual uh, stakeholders on that buying committee. Um, and, you know, which assumes that you actually have identified your buying committee, which is a <laughs> which is a big lever as well. So so I think those two things, targeting Mm-hmm. And really being clear about your targeting and then personalizing the experiences in all of your channels, whether it's paid media, if it's email, it's sales outreach, it's it's marketing email, um, website personalization, content hubs, et cetera. Personalizing all of mm-hmm. that uh, is going to mean that for every bit of traffic that you do get, they're going to be more likely to stay with you, more likely to engage and, and, and more likely yeah. to uh, you know convert to an opportunity. Totally. Awesome. So yeah, on the one hand, the who, um, so who we should be targeting there. And then also, and yeah, and those are great tools that you were talking about too, of like where you can see where they're at with adoption and how likely they would be. Because just thinking back of like the way that you were talking about revenue operations, especially maybe economic, economic times like we have right now, it's like, yeah, we want to focus on you know, the people who are early adopters of right. a product first, <laughs> instead yeah. of people who only go with like brand names or things sure. like that, or people who have been in the market and you want to focus all your time on that because you probably have a better chance than, than someone who's a later adopter with those things. So the target exactly. and yeah. And then also personalizing. So how is that, that message going to speak to the right target too? And how's that going to get them engaged and attracted to it as well? Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, and that's talking about a growth stage. So like you said, after they found like product market fit, um, and I know I mentioned this before, but I've worked at some startups that actually, I think maybe every startup I've worked at has never had an operations <laughs> team or revenue yeah. operations team. Sure. So yeah. When should a company implement a rev ops person or a team member? Yeah, it's a great question. I, 
you know, I'm probably a little bit biased. So, so <laughs> yeah. to, you know, filter my answer to that. But, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, the reality is that if you are a company that has more than one person involved in a sales and delivery process, you are doing revenue operations, mm-hmm. whether you call it that or not. Um, and so you want to at least think about, you know, understand revenue operations as a concept and a discipline and to make sure that you're thinking really strategic about all the pieces of your revenue engine and how they fit together, you know, how you're targeting, how, you know, how are you doing your handoffs? What kind of an end-to-end experience are you creating? I think everybody should be thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean that everybody should hire, go out and hire a RevOps team. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, um, some of the numbers that I've, you know, heard of that, you know, when certainly once you get to uh to a go-to-market team of 50 people so that's across marketing mm. sdrs sales uh account executives C, uh um you know customer success managers etc you know that's a point where you know that you certainly should have a, a mature RevOps team in place to help manage that entire process yeah. where where you're going to bring them in before that is is you know, going to be a little bit dependent on each company, but I would say, um, you know, you're, you're going to want to look at where the places where you, where an operations person, regardless of, you know, sort of what function they, they roll up to, where can a work an operations person add the most value? Probably in most oh, cases, I it's see. going to be having a sales ops person that's helping your SDRs and your AEs become more efficient. The second hire is probably going to be your mark, uh, you know, a, a marketing operations person who makes sure that all of your email marketing and your your website and all those things are are working correctly, tying together. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, and then maybe your third hire is is somebody looking just at analytics. Um, so then you know here you have these three people that are that are under the RevOps umbrella, but maybe not yet a fully mature RevOps team. Once you have those three functions. Then mm-hmm. looking at uh, bringing in a, a, a RevOps leader after that, who can start to roadmap and prioritize and align those three those three distinct um, individuals uh, and roles under one broad uh, strategy and roadmap. And then what's mm-hmm. great is that that RevOps leader then essentially can operate like a chief of staff to your CMO or your CRO. Um, gotcha. And, and can really help them take their strategic vision and, and operationalize it and activate it. Got it. Okay. So yeah, really like those sales, marketing operations people is under this umbrella with the overall overarching RevOps leader to guide them through it. And then they're the person kind of at that level of, or not at the level I should say, but they're strategizing with CMOs and people right. at the C-suite level. Okay. Cool. Um, and yeah, like you said, it sounds like, you know, at some companies, you know, and I think this happens at every startup where it's like someone on the team starts picking up a position yeah. that's not actually theirs. It sounds like yeah. you went through that too, right? Like you were yeah, saying you were in sales exactly before. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's like you, you pick up, you know, nobody <laughs> else picked up a ball and you see it, so you're going to pick it up and run with it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the super self-serving statement here is that, you know, there are RevOps consultants out there that can come mm-hmm. in and help, you know, on a fractional basis. And um, there are more and more that are popping up out there, really fantastic people who have, who have the scar tissue, they've, they've been through these startups, they've helped build companies, and now they're available to come in for five to 10 hours a week to help yeah. you 
um, roadmap, you know, they aren't going to be the ones that are pushing the buttons in your Salesforce necessarily, but, but <laughs> they can help direct the person who is doing that on your team, um, to make sure that, uh, you know, your, your Salesforce, uh, roadmap makes sense and, um, that your, you know, HubSpot or Marketo or whatever tool you're using for marketing automation, that you have a roadmap for that, that makes sense. And, um, these other point solutions that you're bringing in for sales engagement and, and sales email sending and those sorts of things that those all tie together and make sense. Um, you don't necessarily need a full-time person because they can be kind of expensive, but, um, so, so start with finding somebody that you trust who can come in and help, um, guide you and advise you. And, you know, it, maybe that could be me, but there are a lot of other great people out there as well. I <laughs> uh, would be happy to help. So. Hey, you'd be a great one. I'm like, keep promoting you. yourself. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, and I feel like it's funny because that's the way that serves kind of just like we were talking about. It's like, hey, maybe it's hiring, outsourcing someone until you feel the need that, you know, you need to have that person there full time or, um, you know, yeah. having someone pick it up and then outsourcing it and going from there and, and seeing where your need at is there. But cool. And like for me, I'm on the sales side of things. I'm not in sales yeah. leadership, but I've been an SCR AE. Now I'm a sales evangelist, which is like a mix between sales and marketing. But um, what's like one thing you wish you could tell sales <coughs> leaders about revenue operations? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think the number one thing I would say is that um, sales, so sales, I think already has a positive view of revenue operations because they're looking at it through the lens of, of sales operations. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of sales leaders are used to having great uh, sales ops partners. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and so that's really great, but I would say, uh, you know, so I would say take that positive view of what you're getting from a great sales ops leader and, uh, and think about, um, you know, how you can, uh, where your team, where your sales team is, is missing being involved in, you know, for instance, targeting, you know, where, where in this, in this end to end customer experience is the sales team not having enough influence? Um, mm. probably in that, that front end targeting, maybe in some of the renewal conversations, maybe in, uh, decisions about what content is being created, maybe some decisions on what criteria is being used to hand off leads. Um, maybe some decisions on when SDRs are being engaged, uh, for instance. So, yeah. um, you know, see the rep, your RevOps leader and your RevOps team as a gateway to be able to extend your influence as a sales leader. Um, and also to make sure that you and your team are getting all of the, the intelligence that can be gathered, uh, again, end to end customer experience, all the data that can be gathered uh, to help your team understand what a specific prospect wants, what they're interested mm -hmm. in, what their concerns are to make your process easier. So see them as a gateway to getting mm -hmm. more influence and getting more intelligence that you and your team can turn into easier quotas. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that you said that really sounded powerful. I mean, all of it did, <laughs> but just to focus on this one thing, sorry, that was word of bad, but to focus on the one thing is you said, extend your influence. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes as sales leaders, like, uh, you know, we kind of have like this, we sometimes have bad raps at companies like, oh, this person just wants to make, <laughs> make money for yeah. themselves. And they're just trying to get yeah. like more quota percentages and, you know, like, 
and they don't care if that person gets onboarded the right way, whatever, like we've heard them all, but like you said, extend your influence. So, you know, from my perspective of, you know, what I learned from you, you talking today is like, you have someone in your court to help you, you know, foster those relationships to help foster any numbers or, um, tools that you might need that that's going to help influence every other part of the department. That's going to be client facing too, which honestly sounds pretty cool <laughs> and yeah. sounds less lonely too, as a leader in sales totally. too. Totally. Yeah. You know, I, I think you, you phrased that really, really well. And you know, the other the caveat I'll give with that is that there's a trade-off, right? So yeah. <laughs> as you, as you partner with, with your RevOps team to, uh, you know, to get more influence and to be able to see broader within the organization as well as deeper into the organization and, and into your entire go-to-market and, and customer experience. The trade-off there is that you have to give up some control. You have to give up yeah. some reins. Um, one place where we see this happen a lot is around reporting. So uh, mm. what happens a lot of times is you have a marketing leader who shows up to a meeting and a sales leader shows up to a meeting and they have different numbers. And, okay. you know, the, yeah. the marketing leader says, man, I've generated... $50 million worth of pipeline. And the sales leader says, you generated like $500,000 of the pipeline. I've generated $10 million <laughs> worth of pipeline. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, no thanks to you. And, you know, I don't know where you're getting that 50 number from. So it just, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, by that's a place where RevOps can come in and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to have a unified way that we measure mm -hmm. everything that we track our goals. And they kind of become um, the sort of uh, unbiased, arbiter in the middle of yeah uh of, of all of these uh passionate stakeholders and they could say well here's but well, here's how we are defining pipeline and um you know you, you either met those qualifications or you didn't and mm -hmm. you know marketing can't just sort of make up their own number and <laughs> you know whatever and yeah. um so anyway it, it it helps to to ease some of those relationships and uh, take some of those really annoying things off of the plates of marketing leaders and sales leaders, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. And those conversations always come up of, yeah, like these numbers might look a certain way. I think probably came up like where it's like a couple, you know, a couple numbers off or a couple dollars off of something. And it's like making that all a cohesive thing and just, yeah, yeah. making the lives easier of a lot, a lot of those leaders to... <laughs> So yeah, RevOps Rev makes life easier. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but cool. I mean, thank you so much, Aaron, for going through those questions with me today and, yeah. and teaching us all a little bit more about revenue operations. Um, super excited for you to launch RevOps IQ. So where can we learn more about you or RevOps IQ? Yeah, really great question. So uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look for mm -hmm. Aaron Ross Owens. And uh, um, you can find uh, Intelligent Demand, the, the agency that I'm, I'm working mm -hmm. uh, for now uh, at intelligentdemand.com. And you can find uh, me at RevOpsIQ at just RevOpsIQ.com. Super simple, <laughs> but awesome. Um, well, yeah, thank you so much again for going through that and talking with us a little bit about RevOps. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Shake Sales. Thanks, awesome. Maggie. Bye, everyone.